Hello and welcome to episode 3 of Markets Extra, the podcast where we discuss what's moving markets and what makes traders tick. My name is Han Tan, market analyst at FXTM. So 2020 has, of course, been quite the year for gold, uh, which is traditionally seen as a safe haven asset. So, of course, amid the pandemic, investors flocked to it, sending it to a new record high. But... Gold prices have fallen quite a bit since then. So the question we're going to ponder today is whether gold has indeed peaked or can it reclaim that $2,000 mark that we last saw back in the summer of 2020? Now, to help me ponder this topic, today I'm joined by market commentator Jamie Dada. Good morning, Jamie, and welcome to the program. Morning, Han. Thank you very much for having me. It's a delight to be here. Jamie, before we get into the meaty stuff, right, I want to run something by you um, to see if this is just me, uh, to see if I'm the odd one out, or maybe I'm more normal than I think. So something I've noticed about myself, every time I write about gold, and you and I both know that it happens quite often because we write about gold a fair bit, but every time I do it, for some reason, I can't help but start humming or sometimes even just flat out singing out loud that hit song by Smash Mouth. You know the one I'm talking about? The one with the line, all that glitters is gold. Can you sing it to me? Oh man, you're really going to make me do this? <laughs> <laughs> you know the one? It's like, I know you're a great singer. All that huh? glitters is gold. That's the one. Oh, I remember it now. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. You've got kids. I'm sure you've shown them Shrek. Yep. I'm yep. sure you know that song. It's come straight back to me now. Now you've sung it. I know it well. Yeah, it's a great song. <laughs> now, now, do you have any such ticks then? <laughs> you might um, uh, recall a, a song that's probably... Uh, first created and sung before maybe you were born, I'm not sure. But uh, a song by uh, a group called Spandau Ballet. Okay. And it's called Gold. And it was probably in the early 80s. Uh, I remember it from the 1984 LA Olympics uh, because it was a theme tune that the BBC used when they were covering the Olympics. Ah. Uh, and it's called Gold. And the, and the chorus, I think, went something like, always believe in your soul. You've got the power to know you're indestructible. Always believe in because you are gold. Wow. So there we go. I can't sing it, but I can uh, remember the lyrics. Come on, man. You're going to make <laughs> me do it, but you're not going to practice what you preach. Shame on you, Jamie. I, I think next time uh, <laughs> we do karaoke or one time we do karaoke, then uh, we can find that song then. Yeah, maybe we'll leave that for another podcast. Eh? So now we are recording this on December 3rd. And right now gold is trading back above that psychologically important 1800 level. But if you look at how much it had fallen from that record high back in early August, right? It fell from over $2,000 down to below 1800 in the span of a few months. So that's a 15% drop. So maybe we can start by revisiting that period though. Like, were you surprised or shocked by how much gold fell during those uh, couple of months? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think everybody's been surprised. I think um, after the election, we got that bump higher up to sort of 1960 level. And then November 9 really will go down in history, uh, we have to say, um, when the world really breathed, uh, you know, a collective sigh of relief. You know, there was light at the end of the, the lockdown tunnel. The vaccines have come in, you know, every Monday since, I think, three times now. And we've got this just this likelihood of a, a global recovery. And so this a mega rally in risk assets really has seen, you know, 
everybody rush out of uh, safe havens like gold and into you know copper oil equities so yeah it's really taken the shine off the haven appeal um and i think at that time you know it's it's, it's important to remember you know we only saw a real uh, a modest reaction in in, in the dollar and uh, real rates, you know, they were pretty much unchanged at uh, the start of November and just after the vaccine news. Whereas, you know, in the recent past, we've seen gold and risk assets quite correlated, you know, with falling real rates. So um, th- at that time, it was slightly odd uh, and price, you know, action was sort of inconsistent, really, wasn't it? With real yields falling, if you like. Yeah. And the other inconsistency, if I can use that word, was I think what you highlighted there as well. And I want to unpack that a little bit because, well, you know, over the last few months, we've been talking about how the dollar is the preferred safe haven. So when you see that weaker dollar, you had gold prices taking advantage, right? But instead, what we saw over the last couple of months was that you've got a dollar that weakened, but at the same time, you had gold prices that fell as well. Do you think now that we're discussing this in December, that inverse correlation, that weaker dollar and stronger gold relationship, does that still hold water? Or this positive correlation, where dollar goes, gold will go, uh, will that stay intact going to 2021? What do you think? Yeah, it's an interesting question. I think, um, as I said, it's only in the recent past, really, that risk assets and gold have been correlated mm-hmm. uh, because of these fall, this fall in real rates and, you know, real rates below negative, you know, for some time. Uh, but historically, no, when you've seen a falling dollar, uh, you get rising gold. So um, I think over time, I think, and the same risk assets, obviously, you know, they're inversely correlated. So um, the better the world gets and the stronger the recovery is, then there is that deeper question about, you know, whether that increase in prices outweighs the effect of, you know, a wider economic rebound, really. Yeah. And uh, just for those of you listening right now, and if you're not sure what real rates are, so we are referring to, um, say, the interest rates in the US in this case. And what makes it real is when you strip out inflation. Okay, so sometimes when you read in the commentary that either myself or Jamie produces and we talk about, say, real yields, so then they'll mean like, say, the yields on, for example, 10-year U.S. treasuries and you strip out the inflation and that's where you get the real figure. Okay, and so right now we've got, say, real yields on 10-year treasuries now at minus 0.94% as we speak. So uh, when you've got lower yields, that tends to... Uh, make gold more appealing because it is a non-yielding asset, right? It doesn't pay any interest. It just kind of sits there and while the prices just go up or down, that's basically it. Exactly, Han. You know, bond investors lose purchasing power, essentially. So, um, you know, they start looking around for an investment that will protect it, and that's gold uh, yeah. when we have negative, you know, negative real rates, yeah. And that's a key word that you use, protect, right? Because besides being seen as a safe haven asset, gold is also seen as a hedge against inflation. And so now with the U.S. economy uh, expecting more fiscal support from the government, well, once they can get past that deadlock, and uh, you've got plenty of stimulus already in the economy from the central bank side, right? So at what point does all those expectations feed back into gold prices? Because you were talking about the decline over the last couple of months. That's because markets are unwinding that safe haven play. 
right? Things are getting better. The vaccine is here. So hence the declines in gold prices. But then at what point does it then shift around and say, hey, maybe we've got to start pouring money back into gold because it could help us uh, fight off the effects of inflation? Yeah, you've got it. You've seen that this week. I think the bump in price is higher um, only this week as probably on the back of uh, 10-year yields going up. So you've got gauges of inflation expectations in, in America, you know, the highest they've been in 18 months. So, you know, that's perfectly sums up what you've just been saying, I think. Are there other factors that you look out for uh, that you maybe want to share with our audience here you know, so that they can keep an eye on where gold is you know, headed? You know, you've touched on the main ones there. The dollar fiscal stimulus is, is going to be huge potentially, and especially with Yellen's appointment as we touched on before at the time mid-november her appointment was only just mooted in an idea uh, and that grabbed the attention of markets because obviously um her stated you know her goals are uh, essentially to give financial help to you know straight to businesses individuals and states uh, and that needs money and that's likely to be borrowed so you know, if you think about that in simplistic terms, that will increase inflation expectations over the long term, which potentially, you know, is a reason to buy gold. We'll see how that turns out. And especially, I think, the Georgia you know, the Georgia runoff in January, that would be interesting. Uh, if the Democrats win, then um, you've got the potential for tax rises against, obviously, that stimulus uh, attraction uh, and that debate. Um, I think positioning as well will be interesting. Uh, the ETFs have been a, the massive driver of gold this year, and I think that peaked potentially in, in sort of mid-October. Uh, I think in the first seven months before then of this year, holdings were up by some 30-odd percent. So a real big driver of gold. And then just in the last couple of weeks or so, you've had consecutive days of selling in those main ETFs. So that would be interesting. Um, and I think I, I also read central banks have been net sellers for the first time in, in 18 months. So that would be interesting. Who takes that slack up? Uh, potentially, I think China and India consumers, we don't read that much about them, but their consumption of jewellery and that demand, that's dropped off again by around 29%, I think, in the third quarter. And they haven't really participated at all in this rally that we've seen over the last you know, 18 months or so. So um, it'd be interesting whether they pick up some of that demand. Yeah, so it looks like January is shaping up to be quite the month. Hey? So uh, just to recap, you've got the two runoffs for the two Senate seats out of Georgia. And uh, then after that, we've got Chinese New Year. And we'll see if the retail demand for gold out of China will actually pick up leading up to the Chinese New Year. Um, and then you also yeah mentioned Janet Yellen's appointment there. Yeah, so we've got Janet Yellen handling fiscal stimulus or fiscal policy. And that means it's the government's plans for spending and taxation. And then you've got Jerome Powell, who is helming the Federal Reserve, handling monetary policy, which is a central bank's domain. And so with both of them writing, I mean, okay, speaking about imagery, right? This is the imagery that I have when I write about that combo as well. Can you imagine this? Yellen and Powell kind of like riding this tandem bike, you know, and just kind of steering the US economy along. Yeah. Does it work? Yeah. Yeah. I know I can. I, I thought you might bring in the septuagenarians, oh. you know, this return of the uh, <laughs> 70 year olds. So you have uh, Powell, uh, or, or not Powell, probably. Um, uh, Biden on, on the bike with with uh, Yellen on the bike with John Kerry, who's another guy who's got a main role, who's that sort of age, I think. So, uh, 
Yeah, there's hope for me yet, I think. <laughs> well, I am not an ageist, so I shall not discriminate against age, nor of bring it up. <laughs> Wise and seasons, I think, they're what we call them. Um, but it's a good point. I think going back to Yellen's former stomping ground, the Fed, obviously, we have that meeting in a couple of weeks. You know, expectations are pretty high that they do something. If we look at the minutes um, released uh, a couple of weeks ago, they're going to ease, uh, and that's potentially you know, in the form of buying more asset, or buying more uh, treasuries. And so that will potentially cap long-term rates, which potentially, you know, everybody's looking at to boost inflation expectations. There we go again, back to that words, those words. So, yeah, yeah, a couple of important weeks going into the new year. All right. So, Jamie, we started off the episode with this question. So I'm going to ask you then, make the call. So will gold hit 2000 once more? In in one word or a few words? Um, just make the call. <laughs> um, I think um, short term. Yeah, short term. You know, we, we, we're getting this strength in equities, so we're seeing rotation out of gold and uh, out of gold ETFs. And it just depends on global growth and that outlook. So, you know, do we get a push up in inflation and the dollar weakens even further to 90? If we do, then we can hit 2000. Jamie, thank you so much for your time and your insights. Now, don't forget to check out all of our written content on gold. You can find them on our website. It's www.fxtm.com. Just click on the market analysis tab. It's in the top right-hand corner of the page. Also, be sure to subscribe to this podcast as we go on this journey together across global financial markets. And we'll see if we can see a return to $2,000 gold over the coming months.